how to start? Well, you know, it's just writing. I mean, here's something important to remember about dialogue. Every word matters. No, it doesn't. They're bottom. I want to go to this place that I think it needs to go to. The only thing that counts is what you see on the screen. I will write like four or five, six hours a day. And it will be a voice made of ink and rage. Okay, I'm, re I'm really glad you asked me that question. Welcome to the Creative Principles Podcast. I'm your host, Brock Swinson. Over the past 200-plus episodes, I've had the good fortune of speaking with dozens of screenwriters, actors, and directors, such as Aaron Sorkin, Mel Brooks, Carrie Fukunaga, Whitney Cummings, Michael Imperioli, and William Monaghan, among others. We've dissected ideas on story, character, filmmaking, habits, and various principles for creative life. If this is your first time listening, make sure to hit that subscribe button on iTunes or SoundCloud. You can also find several of these interviews on the Creative Screenwriting Magazine website, in addition to some that aren't available in audio, such as with Nick Kroll or Stephen Merchant. In addition to the podcast, also make sure to search for the new video essay series on YouTube, also called Creative Principles, where we take a deep dive into movies and television. Join millions of viewers for subjects like the 16 personalities expressed as characters, Did Home Alone, Rowan John Hughes' Career, The Greatest Movie Never Made, and How Jackie Chan Creates Perfection Through Failure, among many more. That's Creative Principles on YouTube. As a kid, Cooper Raff thought he was merely a fan of movies, but when he wrote his first story, he realized he had an ear for dialogue. These days, he's known for being the star, screenwriter, and director of the film Shithouse, loosely based on his time in college. Cooper stars in the film as Alex Mamquist, a homesick college freshman who goes to a party at Shithouse, a fraternity, where he spends the evening with a sophomore RA. In this interview, Cooper talks about his protege-like relationship with Jay Duplass from Togetherness at Room 401, why personal stories are universal stories, how themes can actually represent arguments, and why he hates audience winks and overly structured movies. If it's your first time here, make sure to hit that subscribe button and check the link below for my access to my YouTube channel, this podcast, and the blog at writerfieldnotes.com. You can also check out my new book there, Ink by the Barrel. Enjoy the show. I, my senior year of high school, I was in this class where they uh, had you write a play. And so I wrote this play and we put it on uh, and I actually acted in it. So um, that was the, my first time writing a script of any sort. And, um, but before that I had been just totally obsessed with movies and I thought, um, I just wanted to act or I thought I just wanted to like be a huge fan of movies. But then when I wrote that, it felt like, Oh, I know more than I thought I did about just like how um, people talk in real life and how that can like translate into like a play or a movie. Mm -hmm. And then when I got to college, I kept writing because um, I went to this acting studio in Dallas where I grew up like a high school. And um, when I got to college, I wasn't acting at all. So writing was kind of like the, creative outlet that I had and then I started thinking I like some of the stuff that I'm writing and was trying to like send it to certain people but I didn't have like a friend in the business at all so then my sophomore year of college I made uh, a 50 minute movie in five days like over spring break with two people so it's like me and two other people and I'm like booming scenes that I'm acting in 
but that um, uh, was the like a lot of the stuff written in that made it into shit house. So like, um, I've kind of always been interested in, in writing, and then directing kind of came because there was no one else to direct my story. You know, like no one else wanted to do it. And so then when Shithouse, the opportunity to make Shithouse came along, I was trying to get someone to direct it for a really long time. And I actually, Jay Duplass was the mentor producer of the movie. And there was a time when he was like, I'll direct this. And, but it, he was like, I'd have to be a year later. And so at some point I just decided, uh, I wanted, I know it better than anybody else. And um, I think I can do it. And like, it was very, very tough, but like, I. I'm glad that I did because I think I realized that directing is combines all the things that I love so much about acting and about writing. And what I really care about is just the way that arcs weave together and the, uh, just thinking about all of it. And so, um, directing was hard because I'm not much of a leader and I'm not like, I get uh, overwhelmed easily, but, I really did love coaching along scenes and um, thinking about the bigger picture of the movie, but also the very specific moment uh, to moment. So, yeah, I'd never been really interested in directing until I think three days into Shithouse. <laughs> you always write like personal stories and then like focusing on this one story for so long. How did it kind of change as like your, your hindsight changes of like a coming of age story? Um, I think... That's a great question. I, um, well, two, that's two questions, I guess. So the first answer is, um, I do, I always draw, uh, on my life hmm. and, um, I think it's a, it's definitely original and the things in the, in shithouse didn't happen to me personally. Although Maggie is very much based on someone that I was in a relationship with for three years. So like, um, and who I'm still best friends with. So that's very much uh, personal and based on my life. But I think in a way that like everything original is like you have to draw upon your life if it's going to be personal and like feel like somewhat relatable or, or even universal. And um, so, yeah, I, I do always write things that are really personal and I do like always like steal things from my life, even like things that I've heard said and the arguments that my girlfriend and I would always have those made their way into shit house for sure. Do you kind of like, do you journal to keep those ideas fresh, almost like a stand up comic or how do you kind of like filter those? That's uh, I, try, I know. I mean, I hate that so much and I hope that I never do that, but there's been times of course where I like, I have my notes section and, um, but no, I, I think it really helps me to just try to live my life in a thoughtful way. And then when it comes down to, I have to sit down and write something like I can recall things. I don't like go in my notes and use my notes, but um, I think with everything that I write, I really, really want to say the way that I look at writing is, I'm obsessed with two characters or like three characters, maybe four. And um, I want to know them so, so well. And I want to know their dynamics so, so well. Um, and then from there, I think always these themes emerge, like um, like that kind of combine their very different ways of looking at life. And I think I'll always write characters that are foils for each other in that way to like get at, I always think like theme is somewhat of an argument. And so 
that's what I really care about is getting those themes across. Mm-hmm. And I think um, it always stems from just caring so much about the character, but like, uh, I don't like plot and I'm not like a story guy. And um, uh, so, yeah. How, how do you kind of approach scenes? You've got, you've kind of got, you've got a love story here where it's like very kinetic, like very magnetic at first and kind of standoffish. Like, when you're writing the happy scenes versus kind of the sadder scenes, like how do you approach these like dialogue battles and that kind of thing? You said you get into the mind of them, but like kind of what does that mean? Like do you overwrite and then cut back and see what dialogue works or what's some of your process like? I definitely overwrite and cut back, but I also, I never think about what's this scene gonna, uh, um, like what is this scene gonna do? Like what is is this scene gonna accomplish? I never think that way. I always like, write maybe 30 pages at a time and just like whatever happens happens because I just am so inside the character's head that I don't I don't think about what's going to be entertaining until later like I don't uh, do all that work at first um but yes in terms of like when people ask me about tone or like how do you shift from this to this I never think about that I just think about like I don't want to, I, I never want to wink at an audience or set up anything. And I'm just really bad at it too. Like I'm really bad at doing jokes. And like, uh, I tried to like say that right away with the first scene when he's like, says the setup joke. I'm like, that's not what this movie is going to be at all. Mm-hmm. And so, um, but I do care about saying certain things within that realistic dialogue, mm-hmm. like about the characters and about like a larger thing. What are some of your thoughts about, like, let's just say, like, maybe the coming of age genre, like, putting emotion into characters versus, like, putting logic into characters? When you're dealing with, like, 20-year-olds, they can kind of be a little bit more emotional and that kind of thing. What are some of your thoughts there? It's always really great because I always try to say, it's a really good question. I always try to say stuff uh, about, like, not a philosophy, but, like, I try to, like, say certain things, and it was really easy with this movie because they're in college and they're just like saying stuff like they can just go on a walk and just like say what they think and like argue with each other about like this is what college is and um it made sense because that's those are the conversations that i had while i was in college and um, it's like really easy like it's nice for screenwriters trying to like say things or like show uh these two very different outlooks on life and these two very different characters who were raised very differently it was like that was just a really nice thing to have but in terms of the uh, emotions, I knew with Alex, I was writing a really emotional guy. And so that just always, those feelings always made their way into the, the, the scenes. But like with Maggie, it's the exact opposite. But I knew that if Alex was planted in those scenes, it was gonna like, he wants to ask about her family and like he wants to like um, uh, help her like grieve her turtle. And right. so I, uh, I'd, yeah, but to answer your question, I never really think about uh, other movies or other coming-of-age movies and, like, how much em- uh, emotional content is there. Like, I I think I'll always write stuff that I think is funny, but I always think the funniest stuff is the stuff that's given the most emotional content. So I, um, yeah, I, I know that things don't exist in a vacuum, but... Uh, for I think for my stuff, it's I don't see anything that 
feels like what I would like want or that what I would be good at writing. So I think it's hard to be like, oh, I can help use this from that movie. It's like right. it's difficult. What, what's kind of your approach? Do you? It sounds like you kind of write maybe like a novelist. You follow the characters, like some people do outline. Uh, maybe they write a long dialogue saying, and then, then they kind of look at like the rules. Do you think the rules still apply or is it more freedom today? People are used to watching all kinds of films and TV. I, it's, um, it's such a hard question because I, I don't think rules apply at all. And it, they clearly didn't apply like with shithouse. There's just like, but at the same time, I'll like write, yeah, like you're saying, I'll write a novel and then that's that's all just scenes but then um i'll look at what i have and then i'll like realize that we're all very good storytellers like every single person on earth because we're just trained that way and so i do realize oh this does have three acts and like this does um but i don't know a lot of people some like certain people who watch the movie like critics are like oh he's trying so hard to like turn this on its head or like do this at this point and I'm like there's zero thought about like my movie in context with another like mm-hmm. the structure I um like when people ask me about the two and a half years later jump I just was like that's what needed to happen like mm-hmm. that's how I wanted to end the movie right. and um it wasn't me trying to like defy uh you, you know what I mean I wasn't um trying to be in conversation with how things usually end. Did you, um, like, let's take someone who writes, directs, and acts, like Ben Affleck, someone like that. Did you look to anyone as far as the logistical points, or did, or is it kind of better to come in not knowing a little bit? Like, how did you kind of see it? Was it, like, beneficial or something like that to, to wear all these hats at once? I think I, at a certain point, I realized, actually, Jay was, like, I forgot what the example was, but I just have realized that it it really helps not knowing anything. And it really helps. Like the other day, I was thinking about when I did the title cards and when I did like the uh, opening credit things, I obviously have watched so many movies, so I know, but I didn't look at any movies to see where I should I put them. Like I just did what felt like right because that it feels unique or whatever, but it's not. It's just because I don't know. I didn't look at it and try to like, oh, I'm gonna, they put it there, I'm gonna put it here because that feels right. Like I don't have that aesthetic mind. And so I kind of just like, I think this should go here and I think this scene should go here. And, um, but no, I didn't look at anybody like Ben Affleck or like even like Miranda July, who I'm a huge fan of. I didn't think about, how she puts herself in things. I think the reason why I wanted to act in it is because I love acting for a soul, but I wanted to really own my story and what I was saying about college and just kind of like, I knew that any actor who I was going to cast as Alex wouldn't have been probably at college ever. Because mm-hmm. like Dylan, who plays Maggie, and Logan, who plays my roommate, they had never been to college because like good actors who are that age didn't go to college. Right. And so I wanted someone in the cast to have um, experienced that. Um, does that answer your question? Yeah. Um, what are some of the difficulties in writing something personal? Like, is I've had some people say it's like harder to cut some scenes because you're attached to what actually happened. Do you have anything like that, or was it far enough removed not to really worry about some of that? 
I always feel really emotional when I'm writing and when I think about people seeing the things, but when I take stuff away, there's no sense of loss because I still have, I, I really care about communicating something to someone or sharing something with someone, but I'm not like, I need to share everything. And I never, whenever I take away, like I cut, maybe I cut 30 pages and it's really personal, uh, super poignant, personal, so close to home 30 pages. I don't feel any sense of like, Oh, I need people to see that. Cause it's just like, uh, I need people to watch a story that works really well and has these elements to it, but I'm not someone who's just kind of like, I need you to see all of my baggage. Like I feel very comfortable with um, accessing it, but I don't need people to, I, I don't feel like I'm unloading at all. I feel ready to unload, mm-hmm. but I don't like, it's really, it was really easy for me to like edit myself in a way that I think people keep asking, is that a nightmare? And like, yeah, it's annoying looking at yourself, but there, I wasn't precious about that character because I didn't, think of him as an extension of myself in that way mm-hmm. like I didn't I ha, I think I do have good boundaries about this is a movie and I want it to have that emotional punch in the gut but I don't um but that's all I care about is communicating in an audience feeling and like being in charge of their feelings mm-hmm. as opposed to I really want them to know how emotional my life is right was there anything about the lead characters, like personality, you purposely added to kind of distance yourself from it? No, not purposefully, but he is very different. Like, uh, he's so vulnerable in a way that was really awesome to do on set because um, I'm so bad at like crying with people there. I'm really good at like crying in a, a room watching a movie, and I cry all like very easily. But it's always by myself and. Alex is someone who will just cry in the middle of a conversation and um, especially towards the end of the movie when he's like started like uh, that was uh, but also I guess I can't answer that like he's very annoying in a way that I try not to be in my life and I uh, it was really nice to with reckless abandon have this annoying character who says everything because it's and again what we were talking about earlier it's nice for a screenwriter to have that character who's just like throwing stuff and seeing if it sticks and it never does but it's just getting out his what he's thinking about the situation um but yeah anyone who knows me i think knows that i wouldn't say certain things like in the middle of a conversation like he's that uh that did give me some distance i think Mm -hmm. how annoying he was (laughs) So you, you kind of wrote a shorter version of this, and you also mentioned that part of it's based on a personal story, a, a, an ex you had. Um, do you have advice for people? Like, would you recommend everybody kind of explore, even if they're just doing it as a writing exercise, like how was it, was it kind of therapeutic to write about some of these things, even though they kind of change from reality to fiction? Um, yeah, I, I'll just speak from my experience. I can't do short movies. Like I don't, I what I love is watching a a, a a ninety minute movie or like a two hour long movie, and so when people make short films and tell me, "Oh, you should make a short film," I'm like, I have no clue. I don't want. I've never watched a short film, like so. I don't know how to make one, and uh, so yeah, I think it was so easy to do. Like it was five days. We had three people. 
and we like stole equipment from our college and it had nine dead pixels. It was just like, I could, I should have done it on my iPhone. It probably would have looked better, but, and we had no like audio. It was just terrible, but it, it was so meaningful to me and I loved it so much. And it was a ton of work, like editing it. And it took a lot of my life, but like, even if nothing came from that, I feel like I still, when I'm like six years old, be so happy to watch it. Cause it just like, it was, it did capture something so specific in my life that meant so much to me to see on camera. And, um, but yeah, my biggest advice also is, I think a lot of people are thinking what's gonna be good. And like, I'm gonna go from that place of like, what, what can I make that's gonna be good? But for me, it's always like, what do I really want to say about people that I'm really close with and people that I'm in love with? And, um, so I never think about what's going to be good until way later, because once, once you like care about something, care about saying something, you're going to make it watchable because you want people to watch it. And like, uh, so yeah, I think 99% of people are coming from a place of like, what's going to be fucking awesome. And I think that that is uh, a trap. Thank you for tuning in to the show. If it's your first time listening, make sure to hit that subscribe button and visit my new website for information on the YouTube channel, the blog, the podcast, and my new book, Ink by the Barrel, which takes advice from these 200 plus interviews and more at writerfieldnotes.com. You'll see the link in the show notes. Thanks again.